the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The word true indicates that there's a counterfeit in life, that there are things that are false. There are religious beliefs that aren't real. There are philosophies that can lead you astray. But Christ is the true vine. That is Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Don't forget the worship service is held every Saturday at 11 o'clock, but we would love to see you there. And we will have details on that as we continue on with today's program. You can also watch the broadcast live, streaming at reachinghearts.org slash video every Saturday at 11. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Today on Reaching Your Heart, Pastor Michael Oxentenko's message is entitled, Abide in the Vine and Never Let Go. We'll bring you the first portion of that message here today. Here is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko. Dear Father God, we cannot be saved unless we abide in Jesus. And yet the fact is, we most certainly will be saved if we do. So Father, as we turn our thoughts here to the Scriptures, help us to abide in You, to abide in Christ, to appreciate the work of the vine dresser in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was a young boy, I discovered the secret of rapid flight over a wooded gorge deep inside the forest near my childhood home in Virginia. I discovered the magical vine that was in the woods. You ever have a vine that you would ride on? Anybody here ever swing on a vine? One or two people? You've got to try it. I don't care if you're 50 or 60. If you go way back to the end of the property, there's a big rope that our boys put up there, and it's still hanging. They would swing into the reservoir. Vines, ropes, whatever. There's something about flying. When you're young, you can fly with a vine. I was exploring a stretch of woods with my friend Jeff, and we accidentally came upon a large oak tree that rose high into the sky like a skyscraper. Huge tree. Squirrels leaping from one side to the other. And as I followed the trunk of that tree with my eyes, I found this long vine that went all the way down to the ground. I found it where it was at the base. And so we took a knife, we cut that thing loose, and then we began to test to make sure it was strong. It gave a little bit, and we felt like it would hold our body weight. We pulled hard on the vine, and finally we cut loose. I remember taking that vine and running real hard and just ripping out over there and hanging onto the vine, and I would go high 100 feet up and then back to the spot I was at. The vine returned you safely. For hours on end, we'd ride the vine in the sky, and we'd return safely. Everything went well until one day my friend Jeff, who helped me discover the vine, decided he would try to fly without the vine. He took the vine, I mean, he had watched these Spider-Man things. You know, what was the song that goes, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, only a spider can or something like that. And he was a Spider-Man fan, Marvel Comics and the like. And he kind of thought of himself as Spidey. 
Well, he was no spidey. He thought he was. And he took the vine one day and he ran like crazy out there. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. And he let go of the vine because Spidey can. Well, he couldn't. And he fell and he could have killed him, but it didn't. Because he landed on some soft leaves and some twigs. But he cut himself up and he was crying like a baby when he landed. About 40 feet to the ground. And as I picked my broken friend Jeff up from the ground. I mean I didn't say anything. But you could kind of read the body language. You are not Spider-Man. Stop trying to be stuff and grow up. Hang on to the vine. This morning I asked you the question. Are you trying to fly through life without holding on to the vine? Are you trying to get to heaven without holding on to the vine? Do you think you can fly without the vine? In John 14, Jesus gave us the promise that he will come again one day. How many of you want Jesus to come? Really do. I want Jesus to come because I need Jesus to come. I want to live in a kingdom of light. I want to live where everything's right and nothing's wrong. In John 15, Jesus shows us how to live so we can be ready for that day. In John 14, he talks about coming. In John 15, he talks about abiding. How we stay with Jesus so we're ready for the second coming. Turn to John 15, 1 in your Bibles. Jesus starts by saying, I am. Now that's the God language of Sinai when God says, I am that I am. And it's littered through the Gospel of John. I am the bread of life. I am, he says, the true life. I am that I am. This is Yahweh God in Jesus Christ. Christ is not a man only. He is God in man. And John proclaims that I am the true vine and my Father is the vine dresser. In verse 1, Jesus claims to be the true vine. Now soak that in a little bit. In 1 John 1.9, Jesus is the true light that enlightens every person who comes into the world. In John 6.32, Jesus is the true bread that came down from heaven to give life to the world. In John 8.14, Jesus is the true witness that reveals the truth about God and who he is. He's the authoritative picture and declaration of God. In John 14.6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So when Jesus says, I am the true vine, there is profound stuff going on with that word true. The word true indicates that there's a counterfeit in life, that there are things that are false. There are religious beliefs that aren't real. There are philosophies that can lead you astray. But Christ is the true vine. Christ is the true bread because there is false bread in this world. We need to feed on the real bread of eternal life in his word. Christ is the true witness because he is the only one who knows the truth about God firsthand. He knows God because he is God. Christ is the true vine because there are false vines that you can hang on to in life. False vines that can claim to give you life and lead you into eternity. But Christ is the only one that gets you from here to God. Jesus says, I am the true vine in contrast to all false vines that we want to hang on to in life. In the Old Testament, God described ancient Israel as a vine. Take your Bibles, turn with me to Psalms 80, verse 8. The scripture reads, you brought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it. It took deep root and filled the land. Turn again, O God of hosts. Verse 14, look down from heaven and see, have regard for this vine. Israel is the vine. When God thinks of his people, he thinks of a vine that grows. It should be fruitful. It should make a difference. In the Old Testament, God says Israel is the vine. In John 15, 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine. If Jesus is the true vine and God says that Israel is the vine and God cannot lie, 
then that means that Jesus is the only true Israel that matters in the end. That when you think of God's Israel, you must come to Jesus because God's Israel is a person, Jesus Christ. You look at the history of the Old Testament, Israel has their ups and downs. They have successes, they have failures. But when you come to the cross, there is only one faithful Israelite left in the entire era that led from the Old Testament to Jesus. One faithful Israelite hanging on a cross, and whoever belongs to Jesus, according to the Apostle Paul, that person is a part of God's Israel, because Christ is the true vine. He is the true Israel. All the promises of God made to Israel are really promises made to Jesus, the true Israel, the true vine. The entire history of Israel in the Old Testament ends with one faithful Israelite hanging on a cross so that every person from every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue can be a part of God's people without discrimination. In the Old Testament, God promised Israel that he would plant a branch to fulfill his promise to save Israel. Turn to Jeremiah 33, verse 14. God says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. And in those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will dwell securely. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. A prophetic branch pointing to Jesus Christ. And what is the purpose of Christ, the true vine, the branch that sprouts up on our behalf? Friend, Jesus is our righteousness. I mean, when you come into the church, you come in with the rags of your righteousness. We all have rags. It's called our righteousness. And our righteousness is not good enough for the judgment day. So God has provided in Jesus a right now righteousness that's good enough for the judgment day. Now there are conditions to receiving Jesus. One of them is we must surrender to Jesus. You can't say, well, Lord, you know, you be my Lord and I'll still be my Lord. No, when we come to Christ, we surrender to him. It doesn't mean we're perfect. doesn't mean we don't have struggles. But we place our choice, our faith in him. We say, Lord, I choose you. Take me. Use me. Change me. You be the vine. I hold on to you. The Bible teaches that God did not give the promises to Israel as a nation separate from Christ. He gave them to Jesus. If you want the yes in your life, if you want the active fulfillment of God's power in your life, you and I and all of us, we need Jesus. Turn to Galatians 3.16. Paul is writing, Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. He does not say into seeds as referring to many, but referring to one and to your seed. And he says, that is Christ. God made the promises to Israel, to Jesus. If you have Jesus, you got all the promises. 2 Corinthians 1.20, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. So when we say amen, we remember that God says yes to Jesus. When we're struggling, we need answers in our life. God says yes to Jesus. And when we say amen, we recognize that Christ is our righteousness and our answer, our receiving of God's promises come through him. Jesus is the true vine. Without Jesus, the nation of Israel has no right to the promises of God at all. Without Jesus Christ, we as Christians likewise have no right to the promises of God at all. If you are in Christ 
friend, you are a part of the true Israel because you belong to Jesus. And you are a child of Abraham through faith. Because there's only one Israelite that matters in the end. That's Jesus. And some people say, well, I'm going to get the judgment day and I'll be okay because I lived a good life. No, you didn't. Every person on the face of the earth has a life that's messed up. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You lived a life, but not necessarily a good life. Our good works are Jesus' good works if we're in Christ because we can't do them. We need the living Christ to be saved. Christ died for our sins. Paul says the most important truth of the gospel. He was buried. He removed them from us. Revelation says he has loosed us from our sins. But friend, he didn't stop there. He was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. The third element of the apostolic gospel. According to Romans 4.25, he was raised for our justification. It means our legal acquittal, our acceptance before God. Friend, we are only accepted in the merit of Christ. And so is that worth surrendering to? Yes. I don't care what idol is in your life. Give it up to come to Jesus. There doesn't matter what struggle you've had in your past. Let it go and come to Jesus. The Bible says that we worship a forgiving and compassionate Savior. Christ is the expression of the covenant chesed, loving kindness of God that is able to forget what lies behind, to accept you in the merits of Christ, and to give you a new beginning. We need the true vine. There's only one Israelite, only one true Israel, only one true vine. Galatians 3, 28 and 29, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. In John 15, 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. There is an intimate connection between the true vine and the vine dresser. The vine dresser is the one who plants the true vine. The vine dresser is the one who cultivates the true vine. The vine dresser is the one who loves the true vine and cares for the vineyard it is in. The vine is here because the vine dresser and his love and passion and wisdom put it here for us to benefit from the true vine. John 15, 2, Jesus says, Every branch of mine that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. The Greek says literally, every branch in me that bears no fruit, he takes it away. Now it's clear in the context that the Bible is talking about believers, not unbelievers here. It's talking about people who have accepted Jesus Christ and don't bear fruit in the life. In the Old Testament, a vine was a symbol of fertility and wealth. People planted vineyards because it would increase their fortunes. We'll continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. If you'd like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that here at the close of our broadcast today, so please stay tuned. You can always attend online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend the live service in a streaming format at that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in today's Reaching Your Heart. Hosea 10.1, it says, Israel is a luxuriant vine and yields its fruit. In the lesson of the vine in John 15, God the Father planted the true vine for the purpose of bearing fruit. Christ was planted on this earth 
to save men and women and to bear fruit for eternity. Was that a good idea on God's part? What do you think? Was that a good idea? Excellent idea from our perspective because we were born with a carnal, fallen nature. Praise God he sent Jesus to do that. There is no reason to be in the vine contextually if you aren't in the business of bearing fruit in cooperation with the purpose of the vine. Jesus didn't come just for your needs. He didn't come for my needs. Some people say, well, you know, I come to church, but don't ask me to do anything in church. That's like saying, don't ask me to stay rooted in the vine. Jesus didn't die only so you and I could enjoy eternal life. Friends, God has planted you in the vine so he can use you to help other people be saved. To be eternal brothers and sisters in your family and God's kingdom for all eternity. That's why he has put us into the vine. There's a divine judgment in verse 12 that no unproductive believer can escape in the plan of God. Jesus says, every branch of mine that bears no fruit, what does it say? He takes it away. Now that's a sobering thought. There are people who join the church only for the goodies the church can give them. Well, I need to go to a church that meets my needs. You ever hear that? That doesn't work with Christ. You need to go to a church so you can bear fruit for the purpose of helping men and women and others come to God and be saved. If you're not coming to church for that reason, you're a branch ready to get clipped off. The Father will take them away, Jesus said. The vine dresser will take them away. There are people who accept Christ so they can prosper and do nothing with the gospel that saves them, but who cares about others? The Father will take them away. There are people who join the church for status and position, for recognition. Now, we all need a little healthy recognition at times. It encourages us. I believe in the principle of edification. But, you know, if that's all that drives you, then you really have no future with this attitude, for the Father will take you away. There are people who think they can never be lost because they've accepted Jesus Christ once and for all. The false teaching of once saved, always saved. Friends, we aren't saved by a slogan that says, I'm saved. We're saved by Jesus. And how can anybody be saved if they're not connected to the vine? I mean, the very lesson that Christ has given in John 15 is, you don't have a future if you're not in me. You stay with me, you live forever. So they don't lift one finger, these people, to save a lost soul to come to Jesus. Jesus said the Father will take them away. According to this parable, God put you in relationship to Jesus Christ in your baptism when you accepted Christ by faith to save someone else, to minister to someone in the church, to make a difference in whatever gift God has given you so the kingdom of God can grow because you participate in the call of God. He put you in Christ to bear fruit for his kingdom. Anybody here ever tried to grow tomatoes? I thought tomatoes were the healthiest thing on planet Earth, and there's this doctor that says they're full of lectins. They're not good for you. I don't believe a word of it when I like them. So I'll eat tomatoes anyway, okay? But I plan to have some tomatoes and some eggplant this afternoon for Sabbath dinner, and I hope it works. I don't eat it all the time. But I once tried my hand at growing tomatoes. Raise your hand high if you had a garden, you grew tomatoes. Okay, I'm in a good club here. This was the first garden I had after seminary, and I thought I'd really grow a garden. And I don't like doing things small, I like doing things big. And so it hit me, I need to really make these tomatoes grow. So how do you do that if the soil hasn't been worked in a few years? Now, there was a Campbell Soup factory down the road in Holland, Michigan. They had lots of horse manure. They would grow these beautiful mushrooms, 
That's why you got to wash those mushrooms off good, you know, because that's what they grow in. And I thought, well, if I got a truckload of that and I brought it to the back of my yard and I had it spread out real good and I dug it into the ground, I'll have tomatoes, corn, everything growing like crazy. So I did it. I paid for that big truckload. Came in. They put it down so beautifully. I made them put it in a square and I dug it in. I tilled it in. I thought, man, I have the best soil in Holland, Michigan to grow tomatoes and corn. Now the corn shot up like Jack's beanstalk, you know, and just kept on going. In fact, the wind blew it over. But something else happened when the wind blew. It blew from right to left as it went right over my wonderful horse manure patch toward my neighbor's. And suddenly the complaints began to be felt throughout the neighborhood. What is that smell that has come into our neighborhood? It was my garden. Everybody was complaining until I brought the tomatoes to their house. Well, they were still complaining. I have never done that since. But you know, you got to work the soil. It's not easy to get something to grow. And it doesn't grow good at first, I found. Gardening is hard work. I have found that sometimes people are afraid to bear fruit. Because the fruit isn't perfect or plentiful. We all want perfect fruit out of our gardens. In John 15, 2, again, look what it says. Every branch of mine that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it. Why? That it may bear more fruit. The Greek word for branch is klema. is derived from the verb klao, which means to break. It means a breakable branch or a new branch that can be easily taken away. It could be better translated a tender and breakable branch. In the context, Jesus is talking about new believers who are in danger of coming to church and doing nothing for God. Four logical facts arise from the observation that the branch in the parable is a new branch or breakable branch. Fact number one, since the branch is new, it can't hold large fruit at first. So that's why we don't bear big fruit early in our Christian experience. In the parable, the issue is not the size of the fruit. Christ doesn't say, bear a big piece of fruit so I can be impressed. It's not even the quality of the fruit. The vine dresser is simply looking for the presence of fruit, any fruit. Any fruit will do it first. If it's there, he'll work with you. If the vine dresser sees the tiniest fruit on your branch... He's going to work with you in your life and your connection to the vine so that you can become better at bearing fruit. Fact number two, a new branch that is healthy will develop fruit rather quickly. It only takes a season for a flower to turn into a piece of fruit. New believers don't have to wait forever to start working for God inside the church. If you've been baptized, you don't have to wait to become some super saint. You start working for the Lord right now in some capacity. Small though it be, the Lord accepts that. Fact number three. Unfruitful branches absorb life away from the fruitful branches. In the parable, the vine dresser removes them so the healthy branches can thrive and bear larger fruit. Jesus is saying that unproductive Christians are a sap on the energy of productive Christians. That when a person comes to church and they choose to do nothing, they suck the wind out of those people that are doing their best to do something. In the plan of God, there is no room for any believer to be idle in the church. Sometimes people leave the church not because they were driven away. Some people say, well, our church wasn't loving, they left. Nuh-uh. 
Sometimes they leave because they never bore fruit, because they wanted an attitude of idleness. And the Bible says God takes those kind of people away in time. Fact number four, every healthy branch has negative growth at first. The vine dresser prunes the healthy branches so they will bear more fruit and better fruit. So you don't start out with perfect fruit, you just start out with fruit. Every new believer has things in their life that God needs to take away. How many of you who are baptized realize that you can still sin after you baptize? Anybody here who discovered that like I did? <laughs> I got into a fight the day I was baptized. I couldn't believe it. Someone said something about my mama. You know, I grew up in the South and I said, you said something about my mama. You don't talk to my mama that way. Then I realized I was acting like I was before I was baptized and I was still struggling. Well, we have imperfect fruit in life, don't we? We have flaws in our life. God has to work with us. When you are a new believer, you may become discouraged with the negative and unnecessary growth in your life. You may feel like it's just not worth it because you're struggling with this sin. It doesn't seem like you make a difference here. You see a little good, but then you see other things. God works with you. Jesus is saying, don't give up on yourself. You can't prune your life on your own. You can't fix yourself without the Father's knife and discipline in your life. The vine dresser applies the knife at times to the branch so the branch can bear more fruit in the future. So God's discipline is a good thing in our life. For true believers, trials are a blessing that offer the promise of fruit because of their connection to the true vine. Some people think, well, when I became a Christian, I never thought God would give me trials. You ever felt that way when you're baptized? Now it gets easy. I was baptized. Well, that's not how it works. Well, that will conclude the first portion of Abide in the Vine and Never Let Go. We'll conclude this message the next time we get together. And thank you so much for listening today. We would really love for you to be a part of our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you're certainly welcome to watch online at reachinghearts.org slash video. reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Thanks for listening, and we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.